This is the Horse Radio Network. What a beautiful day for horses in the morning. Well, good Tuesday morning, everybody. I am Glenn the Geek from Ocala, Florida. And I'm Karen Chatton from Gardnerville, Nevada, and you're listening to Horses in the Morning on the Horse Radio Network for March 10th, episode 1,121. Good morning, horse world. When your start time's on Saturday and your finish time's on Sunday, and it doesn't get much better than best-conditioned, and completing the challenge is the challenge. You're an endurance rider. Let me ride through the wide open country that I love. But don't fence me in. Let me be by myself in the evening breeze. Listen to the murmur of the cottonwood trees. Send me up forever. Well, good morning, everybody. Thank you for joining us on this Tuesday morning. We hope you are warming up around the country. I know a lot of People are going to be going from snow season to mud season very shortly. So uh, you might be uh, wishing you had the snow back. I'm not sure. But uh, you'll be happy for the warmer weather. That is for certain. We are supposed to hit 90 degrees here today in Florida. So it, it is definitely warming up down here as well. You haven't hit 90 out there yet, have you, Karen? In no, Nevada? but we've been, getting, we've been getting up to 70. It's just wonderful. Yeah, you, you get, this is your time of year you have to enjoy before it gets to be 110. So. <laughs> you know, there's a lot of years where we almost never even hit 100 where I am, which is nice. It's the yeah, you're a little further west north. in the state. And north. Yeah. Uh-huh. And north, yeah. So You're at the base of the mountains, not in the middle of the desert. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Well, it's good to have you back. Karen's with us the second Tuesday of every month. Of course, it's our Endurance Day, popular episode for us every single month. And we always appreciate when Karen stops by. Uh, and uh, so so we're going to be talking. We have a lot of things coming up on the show today. Jennifer, do you have an on today's show? What is coming up? I do. All right. On today's Endurance episode, following the requisite review of Karen's latest adventures on and off the trail, we'll check out the hottest thing on horseback. That's the Pandora Saddle with Natasha Willems. And after the break, the man who knows Jack Daniels better than anyone, Wayne Woolwy, <laughs> stops by. So stay tuned for the fray, folks. <laughs> well, thank you very much, Jennifer. Uh, now, we have uh, coming up here, we're going to have a product, and I, I can't wait to hear your, your view of the product. We actually got to interview the girl yesterday. It was a real sweetie. And uh, I just can't wait to hear your review of it because I'm so curious about how it went. But we're going to be talking about that in a couple of minutes. First, we have you, uh, you've you been out and about doing your thing? Yes, I made it down to the 20 Mule Team ride um, two weeks ago. It's a ride that's been going on for 35 years now. They do, uh, this year was the first year they added a second day to it, which worked out great for me. I was able to ride each of my horses in a 50. Uh, the first day, they also offered a 100-mile ride, and they had a really good turnout. They had over 50 riders in the 100. 
And I rode uh, Bo on Saturday on the 50, and he did well. Um, Chief did the Sunday 50, and it was her, his first ride since last April. He's going to be 20 years old next month, and he had a really fantastic ride. We finished um, at the end in the rain. We rode in the rain for a few hours, and he um, came in with the 36 pulse and straight A's on his vet card, and he looked really good. So we had a real successful trip and a, a great time. That is not too bad for a 20-year-old, huh? He sure doesn't look or act his age. That's one thing I hear a lot from from people. The vet, um, I trotted him out for the vet to vet in and then mentioned that, um, yeah, he looks pretty good for over 14,000 miles. And the vet said that he would have never guessed. He said a lot of horses with that kind of mileage are showing some wear and tear, and he thought Chief looked great. So that was a, you know, a nice thing to hear from a vet. Very good. And so how are your rides with anything fun and exciting on the rides? Um, you know, not really a couple of good rides, photographer photos, which is always nice to get. And the desert was just beautiful. They had gotten some rain a week or so before the ride, which really greened it up. You don't think of the desert as being green, but this was green and there were wildflowers. Oh, cool. I've seen pictures of the desert with wildflowers, but I've never actually seen it in person. It was really cool. Oh, but let me tell you about getting ready to go to the ride. So, you know, it's it's winter, kind of. It's supposed to be winter anyway. So my trailer had been winterized. Everything's drained and all that kind of stuff. So I'm thinking, well, you know, it's been so warm. I'll go ahead the day before I'm planning to leave and fill up my water and get everything ready. Otherwise, I was going to do it in the morning before I left because a lot of times up here we don't do it too far in advance because you risk things freezing overnight. So I went ahead and filled up my living quarters, water and everything, and I thought, you know, that windstorm we had had blown a lot of dirt into my trailer. So I had cleaned everything out good, and I decided, oh, I'll go ahead and just rinse out my shower. So I'm um, kind of on my knees, bending over, cleaning out my shower with the water pump running. And next thing I know, my feet are getting wet. Uh-oh. <laughs> well, my uh uh-huh. my water pump had a seal, I guess, leaking. And... While it was actually working and pumping, it was mostly pumping water out onto the floor into my living quarters. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> That's never fun. <laughs> no. So, but on a positive note, I guess uh, everything got really clean. <laughs> <laughs> and wet. <laughs> and wet. So I had to drain everything, and I didn't have any water for the ride, which... It, that's not really that big of a deal. I was just uh, happy to get to go to a ride, you know. <laughs> well, that's fixed for the next trip anyways. Yeah. Glenn, Glenn doesn't realize he's gone off the air on us. Mm. So uh, we'll chat him up okay. ourselves. Okay. So, okay. <laughs> so whenever right. you And then last ride... week... Go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> whenever you go on a ride... Um, do you typically take water for you but not the horses, or do you depend on the, the local water source for you and the horses? You know, a lot depends on the ride you're going to, but I always carry at least some water for the horses. 
that's always important because you just never know if you might get stuck or stranded somewhere or end up spending more time somewhere. Or, you know, this time of year, some places will shut their water off to keep lines and stuff from freezing. So it's always a good idea to have some horse water with you. But I have a pretty um, large um, capacity to carry water. I I usually have at least 200 gallons with me. Wow, that's a lot of water. Holy cow. It is. It's more than the weight of a horse. <laughs> wow, I would not have expected. But then you go, you go for a number of days. It's not just out and back. Usually, and with two horses, and they can go through an awful lot of water. Um, drinking, you know, between drinking, making their wet mashes, and after I ride, I like to, you know, clean some of my tack off, and that uses more water, stuff like that. So you can really go through it. Wow. And then another question popped into my head, and now it's gone already. That was quick. Um, it was all more about water. Oh, and different rides have different accessibility during the ride. Is there some kind of a a formula that ride organizers use that a ride of X length requires water stops, you know, a, a certain number of water stops? Or is that very much a ride-by-ride decision that they make? It, yes, it's a ride-by-ride ride because some rides will have natural water so they don't have to put out as much. Other rides, there is some in my local area where there isn't any natural water so every bit of water has to be hauled out there. Um, they do also, most rides try to provide some water in camp um, by way of uh, water troughs or if we're lucky like the ride I was just at, we, we were camped at a fairgrounds, and so they've actually got water spigots all over the the facility, which is That's awesome. real luxury. Yeah. It sure is. Yes, it's nice. Well, and now you also... There oh, you're back. I'm back. Uh, you also Good. got to head out to the convention, too, right? I mean, so you had your annual no. convention of the AERC. That was in Reno, Nevada, and it, it looked like there was a really excellent turnout this year. Um, yeah, the weather was perfect for it, so people could travel and, and get across the Sierras without worrying about snow and chain requirements and stuff. Um, so that probably helped, and a lot of people had fun. They got to go to seminars and learn some new stuff and got to go shopping and uh, many of the members came and got their yearly awards for their regional and, and national awards. And you did one of the seminars, didn't you? I did. I did one on longevity and keeping your horse going for years. Um, oh, we're going to really talk about a, that in just a couple minutes. Yeah. Okay, cool. Why? Yeah. Was it well attended? Did everybody come and watch you? I, yeah, the people actually kind of filled up the room, and then they stayed and asked questions and um, it was really kind of fun to get to do that. And it's neat because the statistics are showing that the horses in this sport are lasting longer and longer because we're learning more and we're managing them better, which is really kind of well, awesome. Well, they're lasting longer and longer in certain countries, and that probably led to right. more discussion at the comp convention because <laughs> there's been a lot of controversy over the last month. With the FEI taking uh, two rides off the calendar for, uh, that were over in uh, in the Arab countries, and you know just all the controversy that's been coming out of there, I've been reading about it. Right, definitely a lot of controversy. <laughs> and, and so, was there discussion about that there? Was it? Oh, you know, I'm sure there there was. 
you know, that and, you know, numerous other things that were being discussed. But definitely it's, you know, one of those hot topic issues that uh, a lot of people feel, you know, very strongly about because, you know, especially in our country, we view the partnership with our horses as, you know, the number one priority. Um, you know, the horses, um, you know, we bond with them. We, you know, we want to have the team feeling with our with our animals when we're out there spending time with them all day competing. And I think, you know, some of the people in other parts of the world more or less view it as, um, you know, a, a kind of a, you know, the horses are more disposable to them. Yeah, yeah, they're more of a tool, yeah. like a, if you're a bobsled or the bobsled would be. It's a way to get from right. the top to the bottom. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. yeah, in this country, we always say, you know, people like that need to just get a motorcycle, you know. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. <laughs> or a bobsled. Maybe take up bobsledding, you know. It's a way to get from the top to the bottom. Uh, right. Well, you know, and, and, you know, I'm glad to see, I was glad to see a little bit that the FEI is finally taking a stand, which was new. That hasn't happened uh, in in a long time, so I was glad to see that something is happening there. But I think it's mm-hmm. definitely putting a damper a little bit on international competition, isn't it? It is, and I just saw a post on um, the AARC Facebook page yesterday that our riders declined to go to an invitation for an all-expense-paid um, competition over in the Region 7 countries. Hmm, Interesting. So they're refusing to go, and I think, (laughs) right, and I think other countries are also declining the invitations. So you know, if they don't have anyone to compete against, you know, maybe yeah, it's not much fun then, right? I mean, yeah, it takes a little bit of fun out if you're if you're not beating anybody. Uh huh. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Because for them, it is all about winning. I learned a little bit about that at the WEG in 2010. So Mm -hmm. it's. uh, you know, and yeah, I, you know, everybody likes to win. I mean, you, let, let's be honest, you're not doing it uh, because you don't want to win occasionally or at least accomplish something. But, you know, when it when it's at the expense of your animal, then it's a different story. Right. Yeah. Um, well, uh, and now, um, so what was the takeaway that you got from the convention this year? You always usually walk away with one thing that was your kind of your takeaway, other than you brought an Aussie home with you, which we're going to talk about in a little while. I did. Um, I, you know, I just, I think they're doing a really good job of trying to bring new members into the sport and getting people interested, and they're learning more about how to do that in, in ways that actually work, and they've got a lot of people working on that. Um, they're trying really hard. I, I think overall it was, you know, a positive convention and people are in it to have fun. And So who was, they always give the award for like the most miles, right? The most miles, um, which is Dave Rabe. He's over 60,000. Whoa. I know. That's a lot of miles on a horse. <laughs> That's a lot of miles. Right? Uh-huh. Wow. That's a lot of miles. And then you, what, what other awards do they give at the uh, at the ARC? Well, they have breed awards. Then there's the national awards for national mileage. You know, for who rode the most miles, national best condition. Um, there's awards for stallions and mares. 
and then there's the regional awards as well, um, and then the big awards, which are Hall of Fame and Partners, um, which uh, are kind of nice. Those are the ones, it's kind of like the Academy Awards where they save Best Picture for last. That's kind mm-hmm. of how, how they do it for the Hall of Fame stuff. And this year, um, uh, I'll have to double-check to make sure I get all the names right. Um, but we'll do that later in the show. Uh, okay. I double-check so I don't get anything wrong. Where is the Hall up. of Fame? It's in Auburn, California at the AERC offices. Oh, okay. I wasn't even yeah. sure where the AERC offices were. So there you go. Oh, cool. Very good. Well, you did a talk there while you were at the convention about longevity, and there's certainly you're qualified to do that talk. Uh, we were just talking about your horse having being 20 years old and still out there doing his thing and how many miles you've put on. So longevity is something that you know a lot about, and I know that uh, unlike what we were talking about in certain countries, you do value your relationship with your horses. So let's talk a little mm-hmm. bit about that as our endurance tip of the month. Okay, what I did is I just sort of summarized um, my top 10 ways to extend horse longevity. And my number one is to set goals. Decide what you want to accomplish both short and long term. Having both types of goals is really important. Um, Think about when you retire your horse. What do you think will have given you the most satisfaction as far as what the two of you have accomplished together? Number two is focus. This is where you stay true to your goals and try to not get caught up in the competition at any one ride. Number three, you, ride you your... put, Let me ask you real quick. When you okay. put your goals together, okay, let's say uh, one of your goals was to do the 20-mule team ride, right, uh, that you just mm-hmm. accomplished and 50 miles on each horse. Do you actually – do you, is that your only goal? I'm going to show up and I'm going to do that? Or do you have a goal for each ride that you also put down? Well, that's where the long-term goals are important because that way you can focus on the fact that, you know, maybe I'm using this ride to help get my horse in condition because I have a bigger ride coming up, like, you know, especially if you're planning to do something later in the season, like, say, Tevis. You're going to ride, you know, the other rides leading up to it, maybe a little more conservatively, or you're going to try to focus more on keeping a consistent pace, um, trying to work a little harder on some of the um, specific areas that you think your horse needs improvement in, like going uphill or going downhill. Um, So it's good to have both kinds of goals and also long-term career goals because otherwise it's so easy to get caught up. Um, That's where number three, ride your own ride, comes in. That's um, above all else one of the most important things. You know, don't get carried along by other horses you know, be aware of the fact that if, if your horse is kind of new to the sport, that you don't get caught up with more experienced horses and just keep up with them because, you know, once you go too fast or too far, you can't undo that. Boy, that's got to be easy to do, too, doesn't it? Get caught up with when the horses are, when you're, yeah. Super easy. Yeah. yeah that's why focusing, you know, on your goals can kind of keep you, you know, from getting into trouble. You know, because it takes a lot more work to to ride your own ride and and watch out for your horse and not get caught up. And uh, number four is be independent. Um, train, do some training alone, so that if you do get caught up in a group, you're able to you know break off and separate your horse and not have your horse have this huge meltdown or whatever. 
um, and that takes you know work and practice. Yeah, if your horse five. is herd bound, if you have a herd bound horse who who really doesn't mm-hmm. like to be alone, that's tough on rides like this. It yeah. can be, you know, yeah. if you come in with a buddy and to try to pulse down, and your buddy walks away, you know, then the buddy attachment thing going on, you know, starts screaming and you know, sending his pulse skyrocketing, and um, so that's why the you know, doing some independent training on your own can kind of help get them over that. And it just takes practice and and continually working on that. It's, it can't be a big issue for some horses. Okay. Okay, so on to number five, watch the footing. Um, this is really important. And, you know, if you get off your horse and do some on foot, this really lets you appreciate the kind of footing that your horse has to travel through. You know, on the roads, look for the level spots because a lot of roads might be graded at a slant so your horse isn't actually trotting level. So you have to sometimes look to see where the most level parts of the road are. Look for the best footing. A lot of times um, there might be a little cow trail or something off to the side so you can get out of the really deep sand or whatever. Okay, very good. Number six, rating your horse. This is the single hardest thing I think I've ever had to do myself because the horses are, you know, it's like they've got lead foot. They want to keep, you know, pushing the, you know, threshold, speeding up, and just, you know, they'll speed up a little bit on you at a time, half a mile an hour, and it's easy to not notice. And then next thing you know, you're going a lot faster than you really want to go. Um, That's why I... um, recommend using a GPS for training because it really helps you learn how to keep your horse rated and um, going at a consistent speed or whatever. I have found if I keep my horses trotting at 10 miles an hour or under that they seem to stay sound for thousands and thousands of miles. Hmm. Okay. Number seven, elevation awareness. Ride so that uh, your horse can trot where it's easier, like where it's flatter and good footing, and walk where it's harder, where you know it might be rocky or it's really steep. Um, it helps to get off and lead or tail up or down the really steep stuff, and just being aware of how your horse is expending his energy. Okay, All right, number eight. eight. I, I, I ask, was curious about number eight. Ask questions. So when you get to a ride, especially if you haven't ever done it before, review your map and go over areas on the trail in advance so that you know where the sections are, where you're going to be able to move out and where you're going to need to slow down, like for deep sand or rocks or a lot of water crossings. Um, Because especially if you're new, you know, that'll help you kind of figure out, um, you know, where to make the time and where you can't so that you don't end up with the last 15 miles of the ride um, and all of a sudden you don't have time to finish because you walked too much where the footing was good. Has Google Google satellite images become a thing for you guys to check out the course ahead of time? Sometimes a little bit. Um, and, And then one other piece of advice for that is to ask opinions of more than one endurance rider because you'll be surprised Um, what one writer thinks is great footing, another person thinks is the worst footing ever. (laughs) 
they okay. definitely don't all agree on everything. Okay. Um, number nine, this one's important, especially for those of us that are vertically challenged. Make mounting easy. So uh, use rocks, logs, ditches, whatever you need to, to stand on to make it easier for mounting on and off of your horse. Uh, if there's nothing available, ask a friend to hold the opposite stirrup for you to help steady the saddle and make it a little easier for you to get on. And finally, train your horse to stand still. I see so many riders trying to get on moving targets. That makes it a little bit more difficult. And um, But uh, try to you know make mounting easier for your horse. They'll be much more comfortable at the end of a long ride if you do. How many times will you get on and off during a ride? Oh, my gosh. You know, it depends. I'd say at least, um, you know, half a dozen times on a mm-hmm. 50, you know, between the vet checks or maybe having to open a gate or at a water stop to get off or check tack, you know, just stuff like that. It might be more often than that on a 100, you know, because you're going to try to maybe get off and walk into the vet checks um, and be a little more cautious on, you know, possibly getting off and leading down steep stuff. All right. Okay, number and 10, the final one. stay positive. The final one, stay positive and have fun. This sport is about you and your horse, so don't let other riders bother you or cause a problem. Um, remember what your goals are, and remember that those are your goals, not other riders' goals. So stay focused on riding your ride and have fun. All right. Very good. There's our endurance tip of the month from Karen. And, of course, uh, you can find more information about endurance riding and everything at Karen's website, which is? KarenChatton.com. KarenChatton.com. Very good. And we have every month, we also do a product of the month that's brought to us with the help of Kristen Lacey of Distance Depot. And what are we talking about this month? We're talking about rider apparel, all the newest, latest, greatest, coolest stuff to wear when you go riding. All right, very good. Well, take a listen. We had a chance to catch up with her yesterday. This is Kristen Lacey of Distance Depot. Good morning, Kristen. Thank you for joining us again on the show. Well, I just came from the AARC convention where they distributed your new catalog to all of the participants. Yay! Yay, and it's really nice. It's great to be able to look through and see all the colored images of all your products that you have. New catalog, new website. Jeez, Kristen. I know it. We're getting fancy, aren't we? Yeah. Yeah, we're very excited about the catalog. And if anyone is interested and they'd like a hard print um, copy, they could surely email us with their address, um, and um, we'll get one sent out. You would just um, write to info at thedistancedepot.com and give us your mailing address, and we'll mail one out to you. Okay, well, today we're going to talk about writing apparel. So um, start with telling us a little bit about the products you carry for riders to wear while they ride. Okay. Well, we have uh, our, our riding apparel has um, really grown over the last year. We um, carry a bunch of the popular brands, of course, Iridian by Toclat, Carrots, and also Noble Outfitters as well as Ariat. Um, the Ariat line mostly we carry there. Um, team jackets and, and um, a few of their warmer winter jackets and vests, and they're always a very nice product. 
But the riding wear um, by uh, Iridian, um, we could start with that. We carry their tights. We've carried the same um, styles of tights, and now we're getting in some, some new ones um, that have pockets. The Iridian Synergy tight, for instance, has really big pockets, and it has the same um, fabric as their essential tights do, but they've added a little bit of the cadence material, which gives you nice support while riding. The riders really like this tight, and it's available in black and uh, gray. Iridian has a, a winter uh, breach as well. It's a three-season um, oh, uh, wind-pro tight, they call it. Mm-hmm. And so it sheds mud and hair, but the inside has the warm polar fleece against your skin. And for all your listeners out there, we are having a winter apparel sale, too, so they could come to thedistancedepot.com okay. and check out the winter apparel. And um, there's a pretty good sale going on. So, and I heard that the carrots tights with the pockets for the cell phone are popular. Yes, they are very popular. They have... We have several different styles. We have a boot-cut tight um, that doesn't have a pocket and a regular uh, microcord breech, and, and they've got several winter ones. That one you were talking about is called the Power Stretch Winter Tight, and, yes, these the riders are loving this. It has great big zip pockets, um, polar fleece on the inside, mm. very warm, snuggly, <laughs> and um, keeping your cell phone with you in case you were to come become separated <laughs> from your horse. But, um, okay, yeah, speaking of that, for the riders that want to have more grip in their seat, which tights do you have that may provide like a full seat? We have um, the Carrots Ice Fill Tight, which will be a great tight for the summer. It um, has cooling properties. The, their tops have the ice fill as well, and this material, as you sweat, cools you, and it can lower your body temperature by 5 degrees. But that particular ice fill tight has um, what they call anti-slip carrot sticks. So they're little designed carrots all from the bottom of the tight up around oh, wow. the area. So it does give you a little extra grip. Sometimes these tights are a little slick in the saddle. <laughs> um, so it, that helps. Um, they also have a utility tight, which has um, extra hold built into the into the material so a little sticky grip all the way again from the bottom up through the seat area um the utility tight has great big pockets too um that's a brand new tight for us we're excited about that one too the materials are very nice and flexible so lots of really nice features on these um tights that are available these days and tell us about the ice fit sleeves the ice sleeves, we have two types. The carrots actually makes only white ones, but you wear them from the wrist up up your arm. Um, they help, of course, with UPF uh, uh, protection uh, from the sun, and they're also made with that um, cooling technology, so keeping you cool while you ride because as you sweat, this material um, is designed to cool you. So really um, pretty handy when you're out there in the sun and great for sun protection, of course. Definitely, and things are starting to warm up in some areas of the country anyway. Right. Okay, tell us about the Noble Outfitters. This is a fairly new line to the equine industry. Um, They have some really fabulous socks. I don't know if your listeners have heard of the Best Dang Boot Socks, but I'm willing to bet they have. These socks are designed, they're kind of padded around the ankle area and built for comfort while riding. My wife loves Um, these things. (laughs) 
Yes, yeah. they are fabulous. They really are. And so they make a they make a warm, you know, alpine wool sock. They have their extreme soft boot sock, which just has, you know, very soft materials. Their regular Bestang boot sock, which is um, uncomparable unc- on the market. It really is a great sock. And then some fun designs in the overcalf petties. And again, these are kind of padded around the ankle where your boot would go. Uh, mm-hmm. So make a really comfortable sock while you ride. Wicking, moisture wicking, of course, and, and all of the great properties that a good sock should have. And they have a fun, um, cool fit uh, um, glove, too, that's made with mesh on the top. So while you're riding, you know, air, air can flow through. If you're a rider that rides with gloves, I, I ride with gloves. And so this is mm-hmm. a really comfortable glove to wear when it's warm. And, and their price points are fabulous. We have cute little um, tank tops and some short sleeve V-necks. Um, in great fun colors, coral, heather gray, and uh, a pretty mint color. So really lots of um, great fabrics for riding, keeping you cool while you're out there. Great stuff. And I see at the bottom of your list for riding apparel, you have um, denim riding jeans. Yes, we do. We have a couple. We have some folks who like to to still keep the jean look. And Iridian by Toclat does make a a really cute... um, I guess it, it, it's not really a tight, but it has stretchable um, denim materials and a cute design on the back pocket, very comfortable and trendy. If you have to go out mm-hmm. and about town, you can still, <laughs> still look <laughs> cute while you're shopping. So they're very nice. And also there's a pretty heavy-duty um, trail riders jean made from a company in Vermont with good, solid, um, heavy-duty construction um, flat seams, and, and it's a nice tight. Some of the men like this tight, although um, it does button on the same side a woman's tight does, but um, <laughs> uh, or a pant does, but unfortunately the, there's not a lot of stuff out there for men, so this is a good alternative. Some of the men come in and get that jean because they can still be in a jean while riding and stay comfortable in the saddle. You've got a lot of great products. Tell um, the listeners how they can order well, um, you can, of course, visit us at www.thedistancedepot.com or give us a call, 866-863-2349, and one of the girls will be happy to take your order. And don't forget to follow them on Facebook. Just search for Distance Depot, The Distance Depot on Facebook, and you'll find them there as well. And we thank Kristen for joining us every month from Distance Depot with our product of the month. Well, our next guest coming up, we had a chance to catch up with yesterday, and we were joking that Karen went to the AERC convention and brought home an Australian. Uh, And that's exactly what happened, right? (laughs) It is, and we've been having a great time. Well, tell us a little bit about Tahoe, and then I took her writing. Oh, cool. All right, well, why don't you introduce Natasha? Okay, this is Natasha Willemsa. She's originally from South Africa. Her family then moved when I believe she was 13 to Australia. And she and her father are making the newest high-tech saddle, the Pandora saddle. And um, here she is. All right. Well, we're going to play this interview from yesterday. And you're going to hear Karen talking about the fact that yesterday she was going to get the ride in the saddle. So after the interview, we're going to get Karen's report on the saddle. We're going to get her review because she actually had a chance to sit in it. And Jennifer, in the meantime, during this interview, is also going to post a link to their website and a picture of the saddle because it is truly different. So we're going to hear all about it now. Good morning, Natasha. Welcome to the show. Good morning. 
How are you today? Oh, very good. It's nice and sunny. <laughs> okay, well, um, tell us, when did you start writing? As soon as I was allowed. In South Africa, <laughs> you're not allowed to start until you're 10. Really? <laughs> yeah. So if you're five, you can't get on a horse? No, I can't get on a horse. You have to wait till the year you turn 10. And first ride I was allowed to go, I did my first 50. I didn't know that. Okay. And tell us about a little bit about your endurance riding. When did where did you start? I started in Bloemfontein, South Africa. Um, I went all around South Africa until we moved to um, to Australia seven years ago. And I ride mostly in Queensland, a bit in New South Wales and Tasmania. And how long are some of the rides you've done? Um, anything from between twenty. Usually 50s. Um, I've done 200s and two um, 200 mile four day rides. And I'm looking at your pictures on Facebook, and I see a very pretty Arab. What's the pretty Arab's name? His name is Shaka Zulu. Shaka, well, that fits. You're from South Africa, so that works. Yeah. Uh, uh, and tell us a little bit about him. Um, he was actually the first foal we um, we bred in Australia. His um, his mum stole a maiden mare's foal. They were born four hours apart and she took the other foal and didn't want him and the maiden didn't want him either so he's actually been living with us bottle raced since he was about five hours old oh wow that's really cool it's always cool when you can raise them and then they actually turn out to be good yeah no he's <laughs> he's my little man he's four and a half now and i kind of guard him rather jealously i don't like letting other people ride him <laughs> Well, Natasha and her father make these saddles called the Pandora saddle. Tell us a little bit about that. How how and why did you come to um, design this saddle? Um, well, when we got um, our horses got going really well, um, it was very hard for me to get up to FEI weight, which is about, oh, I'm not sure about pounds, but about 75 kilos. And I just couldn't make it in any other saddle, so... Dad ended up making, he was fixing glider planes at the time, working with carbon fiber, and he ended up making me a saddle, filling it with lead, and um, when he rode in it once or twice, he liked it so much, he made himself a lighter one, and the first couple of rides we went to, everyone wanted to know where I got it, and how much they were, where could they get one, so that's where the Pandora saddles come from. And so the normal Pandora saddle weighs about how much? Um, just under four pounds. What? What's it, <laughs> so the whole thing's made of carbon fiber? Yep, the whole thing's made of carbon fiber. It uh, attaches the memory foam pads to the bottom of the saddle with Velcro, so they're fully adjustable, and the memory foam molds to your horse while you're riding. So uh, let me describe this for everybody. That th there's no cushioning on the seat, right? No. Okay. Oh, you can you can get sheepskin covers for them, but I prefer it without. Most people do. Okay, and it kind of has the shape of a McClellan saddle. For those that know, like from the Civil War, the late 1800s, the military saddles, it kind of has that shape in the front and the back. Yeah. Well, we used to, all our saddles in South Africa used to be old military saddles, so I guess Dad sort of pulled a lot of it from that. Which really sits you in the seat. I mean... Yeah, it, it's very it, secure. Yeah, right. Yeah. And And they come in about a million colors. Yeah, we we've had some interesting requests, uh, a ghost pearl to a metallic purple to um multiple different flags. We've done the British flag, the American flag, the South African flag, the Greek flag. Um and it we haven't found one we haven't been able to do yet. So, how, I'm 
how could I'm gonna get to I'm gonna get to write in one that glows in the dark. Yep, mine glows in the dark. <laughs> That's fun. <laughs> does it light your way? So can you see? Does it like have little flashlights on the front? Oh, not, uh, not flashlights, but it can light up a room when you turn the lights off. Hey, there's something that we haven't thought of before. Put the flashlights in the front of the saddle. Oh, that's not a bad idea. That is, you you could do it with yours. That. It comes up a little bit in the front. You could put LED lights in that, and then you wouldn't have to wear the headlamp anymore. That's perfect. Oh, that would be great. Yeah. See, I'm always thinking. I get 20%, okay? Um, so we'll, Nata- we'll discuss it. Okay. So, Natasha... How comfortable are they? Contrary to what they look like, they are very comfortable. Because they don't look I, uh, comfortable. I'm telling you, no, this they, does not they, look comfortable. They really don't. I, I can look at them now and I know what they feel like. And I, I train in them. I compete in them. I don't ride in anything else. Huh. What do she's you think, Karen? She's ridden 100 miles in one day. Um, you know, it's interesting, the comments on Facebook, the the people that have actually ridden in them are very positive, and they love them. It, all the people that have either just looked at it, you know, they're like, that doesn't look very comfortable, but the ones that have ridden it all seem to have a positive uh, response. Because huh. it doesn't really have a tree to speak of, right? I mean, it kind of... Well, well, not the, really. You're kind of sitting on a tree. Right, <laughs> in, right. That's in, what I was thinking. That, in that regard, yeah, it was it was funny at the convention. Um, every third person that walked past wanted to sit in one, so we had one on there. And it, it was great for me just to watch their faces because they sit in it, and you can see that they're kind of thinking about it, and they go, "It's it's so comfortable. It doesn't look it, but it is so comfortable." I'm like, "Oh, you you really do have to sit in it." Well, and I like this idea that you can change basically change the pads out because you're going to put the pad then that best suits your horse. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, you can put a thicker pad if you wanted to. Um, um, we could find thicker ones, but um, we haven't had an issue with these ones yet. Yeah. They, they'll move to fit your horse out to fit the wider horses back in to fit narrower horses. And because of this pads kind of mold to your horse while you're riding, it really does help fit many, many different horses. I don't – all my horses ride in the same saddle. So does the saddle actually come with the pad and the and the stirrup leathers? Um. It comes with the pad and the two girth straps. Okay. Yep. Okay. Huh. Interesting. And, and so, so Karen, you have seen them now. So, what do you think? Uh, yes, I actually have one <laughs> sitting on my kitchen counter right now. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, we're gonna go as soon as we're done here and go um, put it on my horse and check it out, and I'll do a report back and. Um, See what I think. See how it fits the horse. How it feels to ride in it a little bit. Um, kind of interesting, I think. It's sort of a... is that a cup holder on the back of the one? I'm looking uh, at it's a, yeah, it's a bottle holder. Yeah, that's what I thought. <laughs> I like that. Yeah, and, cool. the, and they and they can add on extra um, attachments. Explain, Natasha, how that's done. Um, the D rings that attach your breastplate. Yeah. They can be put on the back. Uh, extras on the front if you really have to. Um, to attach bags, and so we don't ride with that sort of thing in Australia. So it's a it's a funny concept to us, but we can I can see how it would be necessary with the type of rides that you do. Yeah, that kind of makes sense. Uh, uh, yeah. Huh. And explain about how it's reinforced. Um, they have metal plates built into the saddle, so the popper of it and the screws go straight through the metal plating. So um. Yeah, they're they're pretty damn well in there. I've never had one pull out before. 
And and what's the price point of these? Um, at the moment, um, it's twelve hundred, including postage, um, to the U.S. So are are they all special orders? In other words, you just you you order the color and everything you need. And are there different seat sizes? There are different seat sizes. The one is about fifteen, sixteen, depending on how you measure it. Some people measure the same as English saddles. Some people like Western saddles. But the smaller size is about a fifteen, sixteen, and the larger size is about a seventeen, eighteen. And the price seems right. I mean, everything sounds cool about it, and it boy, they look cool because you can do anything you want with the colors, huh? Yeah, yeah, it's, it's pretty great. Now, are the colors molded in? How's that work? Is it painted? What you know, I don't, I don't get how that. Yeah, they're they're painted on. We use um a similar paint to to what they use on cars, the okay. acrylic lacquers, yeah. and it's covered in a in a clear coat. Because it uh, looks really shiny, so that's why I was wondering what the yeah, that yeah. makes sense. That does make sense. Well, this is really cool. What a great idea, and and uh, what what a neat that you were able to make it work. You know, to do the molds and make it all work. Yeah, that 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 took quite a while, but um once once they really got going, um it's it's pretty it's pretty well set in now. Makes it a lot easier, a lot quicker. So was this your first trip to the U.S. to try and to to introduce them? Oh, it was, and it's it's really cool here. It's a bit colder than at home, but <laughs> <laughs> it's summer there. I guess you're going to be going into fall soon. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's very very hot at home, so I'm actually kind of enjoying it here. <laughs> yeah, she's going to stay here with me a couple of days and go riding. Um, tomorrow she's going to go riding with the couple of other local endurance riders. Um, taking her into Dave the and mountains? Or, uh, oh, yeah. yeah. We'll go show her some hills. And then after uh, she leaves here, tell us, Natasha, where are you going? I'm going up to Missouri and Oklahoma, and I'm going to go do the Owl Hoot ride um, with uh, Gunnar and Alana Frank. So I met them at the – they ordered a saddle as well. They're really cool. Very good. Well, we're glad and you're enjoying your time, and I'm also glad you get to do some riding while you're here. That's yeah, that's, that's, neat. that's the best. <laughs> and how do people find the saddles if they want to see them? They they want to talk to you about them. Where do they go? Um, well, we we are on Facebook, um, Pandora Performance Saddles. Um, we do have a rep here now. Janet lives in Missouri. Um, either either way is pretty easy for me. And, of course, you can go to PandoraSaddles.com also if you want to see all the pictures of all the different colors and, one. and see what they look like. And you can also see you on there. Yeah. <laughs> and try, actually riding in them and trying them out. These are really cool. Well, that look look what you found when you were there at the show there, Karen. I know. <laughs> <laughs> you never know what you bring home. Brought home an Australian. Uh, yeah, you did. <laughs> he brought home an Aussie. Ah, oh, that's how, that's why uh, endurance riding is so much fun because you do make friends from around the world. Oh, that's for sure. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for joining us. We really appreciate it. It's PandoraSaddles.com. Check them out because they are different. You know, this would be great not just for endurance riders but long distance trail riders as well. Um, right, and and I believe they have dressage riders. And yeah, we have um, dressage riders that that do the training in it. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It frees up the shoulders. They've They've said it, it helps their horses do things they couldn't do before. Uh, there's a lot of girls that do it pony club with it. And there's even a couple of people that do show jumping in it. And I, I personally didn't see that coming. Um, but, yeah, they say it, it works, huh. works pretty well. So 
Okay. All right, Karen. Well, you have to jump a three-foot jump today to tell us whether that works or not, and uh, let it, let us know, okay? <laughs> okay. <laughs> I don't think she's doing that, Natasha. Uh, you make sure she does that, okay? I, I, can I just maybe test it out at night to see how well it glows? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't say five-foot jump. I just said three-foot jump. Oh. How about a cross rail? How about, we can do a cross rail, okay? Okay. All right. <laughs> Thanks, Natasha. Well, my guess is, Karen, that year there was no three-foot jumps in your uh, day <laughs> yesterday. That was my guess. Uh, you didn't sound no, too excited about jumping your Arab. Uh, we had a good time, though. We had a really fun ride. And well, tell us about it. This saddle is unusual. And, and, you know, when you look at the pictures, it, you know, it, it does remind me of the old uh, military saddles and, or a kid's saddle, one or the other. So there's no padding on this thing. How did it, how did it go? I know. To me, it's like a saddle tree on steroids. <laughs> yeah, it kind of looks like the tree without the rest of the saddle. You're right. That that is kind of the way it looks. Right. It, but it's so neat. And um, I got on it, and at first, you know, it's a little unusual feeling. But the more I rode around in it, the more comfortable it got. And the horse especially was really comfortable in it. We ended up going for close to 14 miles with a lot of elevation up and down. Um, didn't use a crouper on it, and even on the steep downhills, it did not move at all on Bo's back, up or down. It just stayed put, and when we were done, we took it off, and about by the time I could even just get over there to get a photo, um, all the, the sweat pattern was totally even on both sides, but he dried almost instantly. Um, it was great. He dried several minutes faster than Chief, who was in my regular Bob Marshall saddle that that I've ridden in for 20 years, so I think this now, will take some getting used to. But um, I think, especially for some horses where they you want to free up their shoulders, you know, like maybe a gated horse or an endurance horse that's doing a lot of hills. I think um, these things could really become very popular. I imagine the important part because it really truly is just a shell. I mean, it really is. So what what happens is it's attached to a pad, a saddle pad. Does the saddle pad come with the saddle? In other words, is that provided by Pandora, or do you provide your own pad? Well, it's got the memory foam pad that's um, attached to the bottom of the saddle pad. Okay. Another pad underneath, and mainly that's, I think, to keep your leg off of the side of your horse. Yeah, because there's no flaps on this saddle. Right. It's so neat. I mean, I could just pick it up with one finger. Uh, you know, it's under four pounds. It's just yeah, throwing it up a, a little different than the old Western saddle, huh? It, just throwing it, it up there is uh, easy to exactly. do. Exactly. And they have a video they posted on Facebook. It's um, Pandora Performance Saddles. And in the video, <clears throat> they um, they drove over the saddle with the Jeep. <clears throat> Excuse me. And then they hooked it up um, to a truck a big horse van to the Jeep um, with the saddle in between and used it to pull the truck up a hill. Oh, my gosh. So that it's carbon fiber strong. is strong stuff, isn't it? <laughs> so. It is. And Natasha was funny. She said, you know, we really didn't think it through when we did that because if the saddle had broken, the, the truck van would have rolled backwards into their garage because nobody was in the truck. <laughs> <laughs> That's faith. They had faith. Well, I, I, what I said I, you just had confidence in your product. That was good. 
Now it looks like because of the way it's shaped, it's because it's shaped like the old uh, the old Civil War saddles. It really fits you in there. So do you? I mean, you must feel really secure, like you're tucked in. Yes, it's a it's a much more deeper seat than I'm used to riding in. The one she has, I think, was a little bit big for me. Um, she said I would need a, a smaller one, but it was um, pretty neat. I, I really thought. Um, you know, I'm actually, I think I'm going to sell a saddle that I don't ride in and get one. And now I'm going to have to pick up colors oh, and designs. You've got your color now. Are you going to get an American I flag? Know. Or? I know. There's so many. You know, that's the thing. When you have so many options, how do you choose? That's right. We went to a Chinese restaurant the other day that must have had 15 pages of menu. And that just makes it so much tougher. It's like, just give me I four know. options and I'll be done in two minutes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's the way with these saddles, too, because there's like 100 different colors. And, and you can just get what you want, I mean, basically, because they paint them. So that's that's kind of neat the way that works. Well, I'm going to be interested to see how these go over in, in the endurance community as well as elsewhere. Because, you know, she said there are other riders. I, I really saw what she said about the dressage riders using them to free up the shoulders to do certain certain, certain moves that they do in mm-hmm. practice. I don't think, think the judge would take kindly to it, probably in the show ring. But um, for for practicing, it'd be interesting to see. Oh, very cool, very cool. And she was a sweetie, so I'm glad you got Natasha on. Uh, let's talk well, a little I'm bit sh- about another. Well, yeah, go ahead, sir. Um, I'm sending her off riding today with um, Dave Rabe. He's the writer with the most miles, and Connie Creech. And we, I kind of joked with her yesterday. I said, I'm sorry, but when you come to Northern Nevada to ride, we just can't find you a horse to ride that doesn't have at least five thousand miles. <laughs> That's true. You guys are all serious riders up there. Super overachievers, I guess. <laughs> but well, she's, she's, ready, said, you she's know, heading out now, so she's going to have another fun day of riding. Well, she lit up like, you know, she really lit up when we were talking to her yesterday when I said, I'm really glad you get to ride over here. You know, she really was having fun riding, and she gets to go to different parts of the country to do it, too, which is kind of neat. Mm-hmm. That's very cool. Well, there's another thing you have to worry about when you're riding, and that's your horse's feet, right? That's our hoof boots, which also come in all sorts of awesome colors. Um, so I now can match my saddle <laughs> to my hoof boots and my pack. Um, yes, Renegade hoof boots. Um, they're um, great product, American-made, and I've been using them, I figured, for about 15,000 miles of competition so far. I used them both days at 20 Mule Team, and they worked awesome, had zero problems or issues with either horse, Um, rode hours in the rain with them. They were great. We rode yesterday, did a lot of hill work. We did a lot of cantering, all sorts of stuff uh, with them, and they just stayed put and didn't have to, you know, touch them once. Had a a great ride. Um, They're wonderful, wonderful product, and um, I highly recommend them. And you can find out more information on them at renegadehoofboots.com. All right. Renegadehoofboots.com is where you can find the boots of that Karen chooses and uses every single ride that she goes on. We're going to take a break for our song right now. And then we're coming back with uh, Wayne, uh, who rides a spotted saddle who horse. Who knows Jack? <laughs> who knows what? Who knows Jack? Oh, yes, intimately. <laughs> Wayne knows Jack. <laughs> Wayne knows Jack. Good one, Karen. Good. <laughs> that's, 
me a minute. <laughs> Chancy Neal with Girl with the Guitar. We'll be right back with Wayne and Jack Daniels. Girl with a Guitar by Chancey Neal. You can find all of her music at chanceyneal.com. You're listening to Horses in the Morning. I am Glenn the Geek here with Karen Chatton. It's Endurance Day here on Horses in the Morning. Once a month, the second Tuesday of every month, Karen joins us. And we've been doing this for a long time now. And we really appreciate Karen taking time out of her 
out of her month every month to, to talk to us a little bit about endurance riding. Of course, Coast Jen is here in the producer chair as well. Jamie Jennings will be back here tomorrow morning on Wednesday morning, 9 a.m. here Eastern at horsesinthemorning.com. All right, Karen, who do we have up next? Our next guest is Wayne Woolway. He rides a spotted saddle horse named Jack Daniels, and they just completed their first 100-mile one-day ride together at 20-year-old team. Um, Wayne also placed in the top 10 for national mileage last year with close to 1,000 miles. Welcome to the show, Wayne. Good morning. Good morning, Wayne. Hey, before we get started with the serious questions, I have one for you. You know how the fox hunters ride with flasks? Well, seeing your horse's name, Jack Daniels, I assume you have a flask with a little whiskey in it for your <laughs> rides. No, I don't, but sometimes I wish I did. <laughs> <laughs> you need to change that, Wayne. Is there a rule against carrying whiskey in a flask on an endurance ride? Is, that, is there a rule against that? Um, you know, I really don't know, but uh, I'll explore that. I, I might try <laughs> yeah, yeah, good. Well, you know what? Your horse might need it more than you at certain points. So uh, either way works. Whatever gets you through the ride, right? <laughs> yep. So, Wayne, tell us, how long have you had horses? I'm kind of late to the party. I started riding when I was almost 60. Uh, before that, I didn't pretty much know which end of the horse was front. Um, so I've been riding for four years. I've been doing endurance for about two and a half. And how did you get started in endurance? Well, it was a woman that did it. I start dating. Uh, <laughs> I start dating this really nice gal, and she had two Arabs, and she was an endurance rider. Well, I had not ridden prior to that, so I didn't even know what endurance really meant. But if you date a horsewoman, you're going to be riding. So we would go out on the trail, and I noticed that each time we rode further and further and further. And one day we started early in the morning and ended up coming back in the dark. And then I started understanding what endurance riders did. Okay, well, tell us about Jack. Well, Jack's full name is Jack S. Daniels. He's from Tennessee. He's a black and white 12-year-old spotted saddle horse. He's a gelding. He's gated, which means he doesn't trot. He has a four-beat gait that's much smoother, and that's why I ride gated, because it, it's a smoother ride. And he's a little big for endurance, but he's been doing really, really well. And tell us about the 100 you just did on him. Well, I learned that 100 miles on a horse is a long, long way. <laughs> we just finished our first 100 about a week ago. We rode at uh, Ridgecrest, California. It was a good starter 100, tends to be a little flatter, good footing, and uh, this time of year it's a little cooler for the horse. So we picked that one because we thought it would be a good one to see if he could do the 100. We started at uh, 6 on Saturday morning and finished at 3 in the morning on Sunday. Oh. Um, it was a long 21 a long hours, ride. huh? That's a long mm -hmm. time. Yeah, it certainly was. <laughs> so what inspired you to ride 100 miles in a day? Well, I had already done multi-days on Jack. We did five days at Grand Canyon. He, he was one of six horses that completed five in a row. So it was kind of the next level to, to, you know, for a challenge to see if he could do 100. And also um, I wanted to uh, see how he did because I was thinking about doing Tevis. And, of course, you need to know your horse and go 100 miles because Tevis is a lot tougher. 
And so how long did it take you to work up from the time you got Jack until you were able to complete your first 100? Jack has been riding endurance with me for just a little over a year. Uh, in that time, we have, uh, after the 100, we have 1,300 miles. Um, I brought him along um, progressively to get him to that point, and I'm proud to say that, uh, number one, he's never let me down. He's always given everything I've asked, and I've never been pulled, so he's never been pulled for metabolic or lame, so he's been always been sound. Was it harder for you or him? To be honest with you, um, I think he looked a lot better after the 100 than I did. <laughs> uh, I can vouch for that. <laughs> I was there. <laughs> what What do you think, you know, what are the advantages and disadvantages that you've seen with riding a gated horse as opposed to, you know, a non-gated horse? Well, first of all, the, the, the natural athletes are the Arabs, and, and they do the best. So statistically, a gated horse is not as successful in endurance. There are several that have done extremely well, but generally speaking, uh, the Arabs are better. So what you gain is you gain a smoother ride, a little easier on your body. What you give up is you're not quite as competitive. So if if you really, really want to compete, you're going to be riding an Arab. But a lot more people are going to gated because as the population ages in endurance, it's easier on them physically. So um, you can still have a great time on a gated horse like I do with Big Jack. Well, i got to ask you that, too, because obviously, it, you know, I'm 52, so I'm approaching that mark that you started at. You know, starting at the age of 60, were you in relatively good shape when you started riding? Yes, I've always been pretty active, and I keep in pretty good shape. But that said, it's really a challenge anytime you do anything physical as you age, as you well know. Yeah. So, you know, you hopefully by that time, you're smarter, you're wiser, and you do things differently. So the advantage is you have more knowledge. The disadvantage is you have to grab the bottle of ibuprofen every now and again. <laughs> <laughs> Me would be every day. So how, when you, did you ever think that you would be at this point? Was it always something you had in the back of your mind to pick up riding, or was it just because of the girl? To be honest, it was because of that pretty lady. And the, yeah. the, the gift, we're not together now, but the gift she gave me is the gift of horses because I just thought they were romantic beasts that were in cowboy movies. But once I learned to ride and, and started doing endurance, it, it brought me to a whole new level. And uh, I can't even begin to tell you the pleasure I've had from learning to ride and, and bonding with my horse. Well, I got to tell you, I think it's incredible starting at the age you did and getting as far as you have in such a relatively short period of time in a sport that takes people years to learn. So I, I just uh, congratulations for that. So, Wayne, what kind of advice do you have for new riders that are coming into the sport? I would give this advice to anyone, but especially those of us that started late and are relatively mature. Um, Find a good mentor. Um, I ride with people that have ridden for 20 or 30 years, and they've experienced. They've made a lot of mistakes. They've learned a lot. And my attitude was, I'm starting pretty late. I don't have time to make all those mistakes. So I glommed onto a good mentor, which actually is Karen Chatton. 
And um, what happened is I listened, I learned, and it shortcutted a lot of the learning process, and it, it prevented me from making mistakes that my horse and I were going to have to pay for. And that's probably the primary reason that we've been so successful in such a short period of time at this stage in my life is a good, good mentor. So that would be my number one piece of advice. Secondarily, um, if you're of age, set your goals accordingly. You know, I'm not going to go out and compete with, you know, the top 10 riders. I'm going to go out and have a great time, enjoy the sport, love my horse, bond with my horse, and, and, you know, keep the perspective that I'm not 20 anymore. So if you have reasonable goals, you're much happier. And I like yeah, to you, call uh, Wayne Colombo because he always has just one more question. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, and that's probably a good thing because, you know, one of the things that strikes me is not only a lot of the people that go into endurance even later have ridden all their lives. So they've, they've done other sports and other disciplines, either dressage or eventing or whatever, and then they get into endurance. You had never ridden, right? This was brand new. Yes, sir, brand new. So that's a whole nother aspect. Karen, what are the challenges of, of starting somebody brand new and then ending up in endurance in such a relatively short period of time? Well, Wayne made it really easy because he asked good questions and he was smart enough to figure out what worked for him. You know, when he was advised to take lesson, writing lessons, he did. Um, you know, so he's good at following advice when he realizes it's, you know, pretty good advice and it would help him get you know, to his goals sooner and with, you know, eliminating, you know, some of the problems that a lot of people have. Well, and I guess you don't have any bad habits either, right? I mean, you haven't picked up bad habits along the way. He hasn't had time. (laughs) (laughs) Right, exactly. I mean, because he hasn't had a lifetime of riding wrong, so you learn to ride right uh, coming in. That's probably an advantage. So tell us about the bond and the teamwork aspect that you've formed with Jack. You know, that's the thing I like about endurance. Uh, I, I don't imagine that you can bond with your horse with any other discipline the way you do in endurance. You spend an incredible amount of time on the trail. You ride places that you wouldn't, that most people don't get to ride, and you really, really get to know your horse. Um, the five days that I did, I was told that when I finished the five that I would have a different horse. What I wasn't told is that I would be a different rider, and I, I, I almost can't explain the different, the higher level of bonding that I got with my horse after five days. Same thing with the hundred, new level. Uh, I just, I am that horse and I are just such a team, and and you you can only get that with what's out there in endurance. What was your favorite part on the hundred during the ride? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say the finish when I got off the horse I, and didn't. I fall. know you were. <laughs> Probably my, I think I like the night riding the most. And the reason I did is, and I did about 35 miles, about six hours in the dark. I was a little bit uh, concerned about that. I wasn't really confident in the dark until I took a couple of preparatory night rides. In fact, one with Karen. And I, and I got some confidence that the horse could see when I couldn't. Um, So I really enjoyed that experience of the night ride and the confidence in my horse just did not let me down. He did so, so well, but um, that was my favorite part, I think. Well, there's one thing you left out about the ride. Tell everybody about the weather. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I, I liked it because the weather was a little cooler, but 
that said, then when it started to get windy and it was threatening rain, that wasn't quite as much fun when it was blowing me off my horse. <laughs> what were the winds? 50, 60 miles an hour? Oh, jeez. But like I was taught by my friend Karen, there's no whining on the trail. So you just, you just get her done. <laughs> Preparing you for the, the really bad weather that you're going to experience along the way. Right. What's the hardest thing? I wanted to ask, what's the hardest thing, Wayne, that you have to deal with that you think either two things, as a new rider or as an older rider, what are the the challenges that maybe others aren't seeing, that don't see? Um, I think uh, kind of a minor challenge is not getting lost. In the beginning, you have to learn to follow ribbons, and if you're fortunate enough to have a GPS, you learn how to work that. And, and, and literally, when you're doing 50 miles, you're on a lot of trails. So getting lost, uh, once you get comfortable, which I am now, not as big of an issue. Um, secondarily, the physical issue. I mean, 50 miles is a long way, and you get a little lakey, and, you know, you, you have to kind of work through that. Once you get to the point where you're more conditioned in riding your horse, it's not as bad. But after 100 miles, I don't care who you are, you get off the horse, you know you've been riding. So I think the physical challenge would be the big thing. Mm-hmm. And so what are your future plans? Well, my number one bucket list goal is to do Tevis. I want that buckle. And I, I just tell a quick story. Uh, when I was dating that fine young lady that got me started into horses, she took me to the squaw crossing at Tevis at like 6 in the morning and as I sat there with a cup of coffee in the dark and I watched those fantastic Arabs come through that crossing, um, I never forgot that. I got goosebumps. And she looked at me and said, you're going to get Tevis fever. And I just laughed. I thought that was ridiculous. I didn't even ride endurance. I could barely stay on the horse. And here I am now. I want that buckle. So Tevis <laughs> is next. Uh, this year, because we did the 100, I'm signing up, and we're going to take our first try at Tevis. And then my second, my secondary goal is I I want to be a decade team award winner. I want to ride my horse for 10 years. Oh, wow. And Wayne was a great Did you tell Jack that yet? Does Jack know that goal, by the way? (laughs) Uh, Or have you kept that from him? Uh, You know, he's Uh, going to need that flask at some point. Um, Jack is pretty simple. Hey, mash, okay, we'll ride. That's his goal. <laughs> yeah, we don't let him. We don't let the horses know about the big T. That's we keep that a secret. We don't mention it out in the barn. <laughs> now he's a big horse too. He looks like in his pictures anyway. He is a little big, and I do. You know, the the horses that tend to do well are, of course, the Arabs, and they're leaner. Um, he's about fifteen three, but he's pretty. He's big bone, pretty thick. He is a little big for endurance, but he's. He's steady. He's not fast, but he's very, very reliable. I do get a lot of comments. People ride up next to me on their Arab, and they look at me and they go, wow, he's really big. <laughs> or the, one I, the one I like the most is they'll ride up next to me, and they look over at me, and they go, oh, that's just too easy because I'm not posting. <laughs> I'm, I'm sitting the gate, and they're, they're posting their trot, and, and then they just laugh. So it's uh, it's kind of fun. <laughs> Uh, now, have you had a chance to look at the new saddle we were talking about earlier yet? Yes, I just did. In fact, I'm going to bring Jack over tomorrow and see how it fits him because I'm intrigued by the saddle. Yeah, what do you think? 
You know, I, I I love technology. I love that it's light. It's really it looks like it's well made. I'm I'm kind of a tech. I've worked with fiberglass, and it's really nicely made, but it looks so light and small, and so I'm a little skeptical. But you know, new ideas sometimes you have to be flexible. So I'm gonna I'm gonna give her a whirl because I think it looks like it has great potential. Oh, very cool. Very cool. Yes, and he his colors are blue, so he can he can get one to match his his uh, all of his tack and his horse name Jack. <laughs> Very neat. Oh dear. Well, uh, I also wanted to mention Wayne crewed for me at Tevis, and uh, he has a good crew Tevis story. I do. <laughs> the finish. Oh, the oh the finish. Okay, so. I'm crewing. It's my first time. I don't know what to do. And the the other crew member is a young gal, and she ended up getting heat sickness, and we had to send her home. So I'm left with Dave, her husband, and myself. And so Dave tells me, look, when she comes in, she's going to say, I'm never doing this again. He said, just ignore. <laughs> She'll ride the next year like she always does. And I'm thinking, okay, this is just a wise guy husband. Karen comes in. Her horse looked like a million bucks, by the way. She comes in, and within minutes, she loudly proclaims, I'm never doing this again. And I just looked at Dave, her husband, and laughed, and, of course, she is doing it again. So it was, it was kind of funny. <laughs> now, Karen, are you doing Tevis this year? We haven't talked about that. Well, I'm taking it one right at a time with Bo. Uh, you know, it's been almost a year now since his colic surgery, and he's doing great. But I have to work up my confidence. To, to feel that it's safe to take him on a hundred again. So and we're, your other we're one is not ready for. Well, he's twenty years old and he's got oh, fourteen thousand yeah. miles. So yeah. um, you know he doesn't really need to prove anything. I don't think. That's but, true. Yeah. yeah. Huh. Would well, be neat if you were both there. That'd be fun. Well, I'll you know if I'm not riding, I'll probably uh, help crew a little bit. She'll ride. Well, now. <laughs> <laughs> Then Jennifer and I would have to help come out and crew, and, and oh, then you'd have two more people that don't know what they're doing. There you go. Uh, I want to uh, be there when Wayne comes in and, and proclaims that he's never doing it. <laughs> he's never doing it again. <laughs> well, that's a uh, that's a hell of a goal for so quick, Wayne. Congratulations, and uh, and also to Jack Daniels for what you've accomplished so far, and we look forward to following your progress through Tevis. Thank you so much, and thanks for having me. I appreciate it. No problem. Thanks, Wayne. Wayne uh, is uh, riding a spotted saddle horse named Jack Daniels, and we'll keep an eye on him as the season goes along. Karen, what are the upcoming events? Um, Well, there's a lot of rides on the ride calendar right now. Um, I'm not going to list them all. I'm just going to refer people over to the um, AERC.org website. Um, The tech committee is currently working on totally redesigning the website to make it more user-friendly. But for now, if you go uh, look up the ride calendar, and you can look up Rides by Region, and that's at uh, aerc.org. And if we have time for just real quick, I um, would like to explain a little bit about um, the AERC Decade Team that that Wayne mentioned. And that is when you ride the same horse for 10 years in a 50-mile ride, 
or longer, at least one per year for 10 years total. It doesn't have to be consecutive, just 10 years total. Um, that makes you an AERC decade team. And what's really interesting about the statistics on it is um, this was something kind of a little project I started on my own and did the, um, and, you know, put together the information and the interviews for a long time. And it caught on and became a real popular goal with the membership. And then in 2012, the um, AERC board voted to make it an official recognition. But what's really cool about it is during the first five years that we assembled the records on decade teams, starting, I think that was back in 2003, we were averaging 15 per year. And in the last five years, we're now averaging over 40 per year, which is an increase oh, wow. of about 350%. So it shows that giving the membership a long-term goal of a longevity-type um, goal and recognizing it, you know, for, for what it is, which is, you know, a significantly um, you know, meaningful thing for most of us to have that long-term partnership um, with our horses, it's a great goal to have, but it shows that our membership has been to manage them long-term and keep them healthy and, and going. And, I mean, if you look at my horses, you know, Bo's over eight, you know, 8,000 miles. I think this is his eighth year. Chief's in his 13th year. He's over 14,000 miles and um, will be 20 years old in a month. So I think, Karen, that... That whole tenure thing, that I'm willing to bet is unique within the entire equestrian community. I don't I think, think there's any other discipline where riders regularly compete the same horse and the same rider no, for ten years plus. You wouldn't see it you wouldn't see it in well, dressage maybe, but you wouldn't see it in eventing, you wouldn't see it in jumping, no. certainly. No. Right. And and here's some more interesting statistics on the decade teams. In two thousand and five, ten percent of the horses were mares. Currently, 21% are mares, so that number is doubled. Um, in 2005, there was one stallion, and currently there is still one stallion. So I guess the stallions, if they do well, they're probably taken out to, to breed or something um, because there's there's not a lot of stallions. Um, I mean, there's not a whole lot competing anyway, but I'm kind of surprised that there aren't more. Um, hopefully that'll change. Back in 2005, 90% were Arabians or Arabian-related. Today, that number has dropped down to 83%. Oh, wow. Which means that's that because there's of more riders, people like Wayne. There's more people like Wayne, exactly, yeah. that are riding yeah. other breeds and showing that those horses also can hold up and last long-term in the sport of endurance. Most of the horses in 2005 had over 4,000 miles. That has dropped a little bit down to 3,460. Um, you know, so it's, you know, you, these horses are not necessarily, you know, all of them doing a lot of mileage, you know, and they don't need to. They only need to do 150 per year. And one of the more interesting things is that only 10% of these horses started out when they were four years old. 30% started when they were five, and the remaining 60% were six years or older. Hmm. So that says something for starting our horses older if you want them to last you know, a really long time. And I thought that was really interesting because, you know, horses take a lot longer to mature. You know, in a lot of other disciplines, they're starting horses too. All right. And, you know, both of my horses didn't start their careers until they were seven. 
Yeah, we, you know, we've had that discussion on the racing side for, uh, you know, we've had that discussion over and over and over again on the racing side for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Huh. So Very and, interesting and Those interested in learning more also go to the AERC web page, look up under membership recognition, AERC decade teams, and there's a lot of interviews on there with these people that are decade team members and a lot of great wisdom, a lot of good information, very educational stuff. And it's just fun to, a fun read to go if you've got time, you know, it's a rainy, stormy day, you're stuck inside. Um, go read some of those interviews because they're really inspiring and educational. Very good. Well, thank you so much, Karen. Again, I know you have a house full of people that you need to get back to. Uh, you probably have to make breakfast for Wayne because he's getting hungry by about now. So um, <laughs> we hope that you have a terrific month coming up. I know you'll be riding a lot more than you have in the past. And we want to yes. thank our guests, Natasha and Wayne, uh, for joining us. And uh, good luck to Natasha with the saddle. It should be interesting to see how that plays out over time. We also want to thank our sponsors, of course, Distance Depot and Renegade Hoof Boots. Uh, We thank them for their continued sponsorship of the Endurance uh, Show here once a month on Horses in the Morning. You can hear all of Karen's past episodes. If you would like, just go to HorsesInTheMorning.com and search for Karen Chatton, and it will bring up all the past Endurance episodes. You can go back and take a listen. I think we've been doing this for... Oh, it's almost two years now. So you can go back and take a listen to almost 24 mm-hmm. episodes then. And, of course, Karen has a website, too. Yes, I do. It's my blog, karenchatton.com. And there's a lot of, there's a ton of good information about endurance riding. If you're thinking about getting into it at all, that's the resource that you want to check out. Go back and look at some of the older blog posts. They're all relevant. Uh, endurance riding has not changed that much. You still have to worry about all the same things that you did five years ago. And she's been doing the blog for a very long time. So, and that's how mm-hmm. I found her, actually, was through the blog. So uh, check it out online, karenchatton.com. Thank you so much, everybody. We'll talk to you again tomorrow morning, 9 a.m. Eastern Time. Jamie will be back, and we'll be doing our Wednesday show.